Movies and Booze on Moncrief with Marks and Spencer on News Talk. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk 087 106 is our WhatsApp number. We're coming to you today from the Stella Cinema in Rathmines with thanks to our friends in Marks and Spencer's. Uh, some more music now. Uh, their second time appearing on the show. Uh, there's a lot of them, as you might have noticed. Uh, uh, performing a song that no doubt you'll know. Here's the Dublin Ukulele Collective. again uh, later on the show if you'd like to go and see them they are performing uh, in Christchurch on December the 18th and 19th in aid of Focus Ireland uh, and supported by Irish Rail. Presumably that's how they get there. Uh, you, can, uh, you can get ticket info on the Dublin Ukulele Collective Facebook page. Now where's Renita Behan? 
If Renita Behan is here, put up your hand. Hi. Hi, there you are. Hi. How are you well? I'm well, thank you. And who are you with here today? With my sister, Valerie. With your sister. And did you have far to come today? Well, I'm from Swords, so not too far. Not that far, <laughs> really. De- tell us about Hum and Strum. <laughs> well, can I just say they're a lot better than we are? So... <laughs> um, so we go to a Christmas party in my sister-in-law's house every year and we play a game called Hum and Strum. So instead of ukuleles, we have tiny little cardboard cut-out guitars. You pick a card and when you pick the card, there's, there's a Christmas song or carol on it. And the idea is when it's your turn, you hum the song that's on the card and once everybody else in the room knows what it is, instead of shouting it out, they hum along with it. Okay. And that's great, and it usually goes really, really well until it's my mother-in-law's turn. Oh, no, why? Because my mother-in-law can't hum to save her life. Oh, God, and does she know that? <laughs> yes. Well, she does yeah. now. <laughs> she does, and, and when she hums, we all deliberately hum something totally random, totally different. Oh. <laughs> And so can you win this game? Or, 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 no, there's no, no, there's just, no yeah. prizes. It's just about the fun of taking part. Yeah, and ah, oh, they're the worst games. <laughs> and the little, uh, the little guitars, are, are they, you're just supposed to mime along with those? Yeah, they're, like, they're, just, they're, they're just to make us look stupid. Okay, <laughs> and does that succeed? Yes, feel? definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a little cardboard cutout campfire to, to go in the middle of the room as well. You are party animals in your family, you really are. And your poor mother-in-law, is she, does she get discouraged? Does she ever feel like... Not, not at all, her? not at all. Every year she, she plays the game. And in fact, even during the year, sometimes she'll break out in a little hum just to remind us of the Christmas spirit. Ah, that's very sweet of her. Did you enjoy uh, Gavin James there when he said He was it? amazing. Yeah. yeah. We're going to give you two tickets to go and see Gavin James. Oh, fantastic. Uh, either at Trinity <laughs> or in Galway, there's uh, two days he's playing. Also, we're going to give you some of the, the wine we're going to, the M&S wine we're having today, plus oh. the box of M&S chocolates. Thank you so, so much. Can, uh, Thank bring you. Bring mother-in-law. After that. <laughs> Uh, it is time for Movies and Booze. On the stage with us, Linda Coogan, Leslie Williams, Olivia Fahey, Brian Lloyd and Fanula Jones. Good afternoon Woo. to you all. Hi, Happy guys. Christmas. Hello. God, there's a, yeah, there's a lot to get through. Linda, uh, the, 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 the lovely audience here already had a drink outside. They did, look yeah, at them. Which is yeah. why they seem so enthusiastic. <laughs> uh, so could you tell us what that was that they had They outside? did, they actually had a couple of options. If there was any drivers, they had the M&S alcohol-free Fizzero, which was a rosé or a white, and that's a lovely kind of fresh apple and kind of almondy kind of flavours going on with... Um, no alcohol, but it has green tea added, so it's got texture and it doesn't just taste like a soft drink. So that's lovely. And then they had a lovely um, classic Prosecco. But you know the way Marks and Spencers have their own range of wines, where they have the numbers on them. So this is number 17, and it's classic Prosecco Spumante. And it was delicious. Does everyone like it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and is this now? Is this another Prosecco? Yeah, they, they have two. They've got oh, yeah. two. So uh, a lot of farting in the audience. <laughs> so Leslie, what are they? What are they? So, so what they're having now is Belafonte Prosecco, um, mm-hmm. which is also a Spumante Prosecco. The first one was thirteen fifty. This one's seventeen fifty. This is better stuff. Okay. Um, Ooh, this well, is I, the good stuff. Yeah, this Just is good stuff. Will I, will I tell you about Prosecco? Do you care? Do you want yeah, to, no, 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 no. Okay. So Linda can step in if I leave anything out. So Veneto, about an hour northwest of. 
Venice, um, are two towns, Valdobbiadene and Conegliano, and they are between this sort of funnel of cold air that comes down from the Alps, basically. So this is why Prosecco is fresh and crisp tasting, because of that cold air, because you're in a reasonably warm area, but you get the lovely cool breezes coming down from the Alps, basically. Grape is Glera, it uh, used to be called Prosecco, we now call it Glera, because Prosecco now uses a more generic term, you can get Rosé Prosecco, which is a bit of Pinot Noir, Pinot Nero added to it, um, but it's lovely and fresh, I mean, it tastes of peaches and sort of kind of ripe apples and, um, and look, people can be a bit dismissive of Prosecco and yes, there's some bad Proseccos but when it's done well, it's this gorgeous, soft, creamy, ripe fruit flavoured thing and there's no yeasty character like you get with champagne because it's mm. in the tank. So. But when you see people can be dismissive of Prosecco, there's bad champagne, there's bad well, well, exactly. Um, it's just that Prosecco is a little... I mean, some inexpensive Proseccos are rather sweet, and so mm. people get a bit dismissive. I mean, what do you think, then, Debra? Yeah. yeah I, mean, I, say, I know a lot of people I mean, who prefer Prosecco. Yeah, and some of that is because it's not fermented in a bottle. When you ferment in a bottle, you get this yeasty, bready quality, which mm. everybody likes, mm. basically. So Prosecco is just a softer, um, easier-drinking wine. I mean, and, you know, the Bellini was invented uh, in Harry's Bar to match it, so that's white peach juice, sorry, white peach pulp mixed with peachy flavoured Prosecco, so it makes perfect sense. You know? yeah. <laughs> so. Olivia was nodding there. You prefer Prosecco then? I do. I'm actually one of those bougie people who actually orders in a case of Prosecco from Italy because my friends before my wedding found it and it's in a bright blue bottle. So they were like, oh, this would be a great decoration for your, for your tables. So ordered in me some and I have been ordering it ever since. God, you'd know you were from Klein. You <laughs> <laughs> from Italy. Guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. Yeah. Oh, God save us tonight. Yeah. <laughs> How much does it cost to import it from Italy? Do you have to pay duty and stuff on that? So the group that I order from, they actually have it all included, so it still gets delivered to my doorstep perfectly fine. And for the one that I order, it only costs me €100 Euro for 12 bottles. That's very good. <laughs> okay, it's maybe. pretty maybe damn good. So after all. Yeah. <laughs> Can't criticise that. Now, the two, um, uh, there's three films we're talking about today. You're doing one each, and then doing a kind of uh, argument about one. I'm not sure. So, yeah. Olivia, which we one actually you... ha- We actually haven't even discussed whether or not we agree on the one that we both picked. So, um, I'm... Yeah. Well, that, we'll find out soon enough, yeah. I guess. Okay, so, why, which one are you doing solo? So, solo, I'm doing Genie, which is the new Richard Curtis movie that is on Sky Cinema, and it is also starring Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, mm. being her wa- <laughs> being her wacky crazy self. Yeah, they went woo, and they didn't know what to. Say. They don't know how they feel about it, uh, really. Oh. I took it as a positive. Yeah, okay. And did you take the film as a positive? Do you know what I did? I was pleasantly surprised because, like Richard Curtis, he is so synonymous with the likes of Love Actually. So clearly, he knows how to make a festive film. Um, but it, like, it isn't up to Love Actually, but it's definitely a better like made for TV movie sort of thing than I have seen previously so okay and uh, yours is Leave the World Behind yeah Brian. on Netflix it's yeah. about uh, the end of the world oh cool <laughs> woo <laughs> yay <laughs> slay yeah so yeah it's basically about the end of the world and um, a load of people being trapped in a house in Long Island and having to get along Julia Roberts is in it uh, and she plays a terrible person in it and she's really good at it like creepily good at it so yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's directed by the guy who did Mr. Robot. Did anybody watch Mr. Robot? Oh, yeah. 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 So it's, if you watch Mr. Robot, it's a similar kind of vibe. Very dark, very psychological thriller, dystopian kind of thing. So just cheery Christmas. Yeah. yeah you know what's, cheery. Uh, what's ending the world in, in, in this movie? Well, this is it. You don't really know. You spend oh. most... But no, no, no. But then when you Can find... Miss. Yeah. 
it's the kind of film that it's that thing of like you know hell is other people so like if you're at the end of the world and you're trapped in a house with people you don't know and then the racial element of it as well because the people who actually own the house is Marshala Ali and Myhala Harold they're black and Ethan Hawke and Julia Roberts are white and then because it's America and there's culture clash and all the rest of ah, it so, right. yes yeah okay and you're both going to be talking about Wonka of yeah. course yes which I'd say you both liked I hate pantos and I hate musicals and I really enjoyed this Oh, plot twist. plot twist. Plot twist. I'm, I, hilariously, I went into it and totally didn't realise that it was a musical and was pleasantly surprised when Timothy Chalamet just started singing on top of a boat. So I also enjoyed it. Can Timothy Chalamet... Uh, what's his name? Chalamet. 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 It just sounds like you, you, know, you wanted to tell somebody your surname, but you were drunk and mispronounced <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, Chalamet, remember can he, Chalamet? Can, can he sing? Oh, yeah. 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 And dance. And dance. Mm. He's got it all then. He's yeah. got it all. He's yeah. what they call a triple threat. Yeah. <laughs> he can sing and dance and he can act. Okay. Old Hollywood thing. God, never mind. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I get it. Right. Adam Driver got... He got a bit snippy when somebody asked him about being good looking. Well, I think he got kind of rightly snippy, though. He was doing an interview with Chris Wallace. He's out promoting uh, Ferrari at the minute, kind of more extensively since the actor strike is finished. And he was kind of, Chris Wallace kind of started talking about the fact that he's often been compared to other actors like Al Pacino and Jack Nicholson, but then went on to this kind of thing about, you know, how do you feel about these certain characterizations? And then Adam kind of spoke himself about the fact that, like, I didn't realise that... Well, like, I've seen memes about... I feel like there's always been a conversation about the fact that he's, like, quote-unquote, unconventionally good-looking. But when he went into kind of some of the specific examples, he said, the New Yorker also called me a horse face before, which, like, is just absolutely <laughs> insane. It's kind of true, though. I mean, it's Sean, a, a horse, it's though. Christmas. Yeah. Come on, you can't yeah. call people a horse face at Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he was kind of saying... Or basically... Chris Wallace then goes to him and is like, do you ever feel like it hindered you in your career? And he kind of rightly fired back, like, I look the way I look. I cannot do anything about the <laughs> way I like look. This is yeah. my face. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But again, also, I think it's kind of something that female actors have mm-hmm. been dealt with since uh, 1900 and frozen to death. So, yeah, but yeah. True. I just feel it's but, always yeah. been a conversation about him, even since girls, that it's like he's kind of like, again, quote unquote, weird looking. But what is weird looking, you know? I don't think he's that weird looking. No. 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 Some would argue he's like very conventionally handsome. Like. Yeah. He's tall. That's half. He's very tall. That's half the battle. Yeah. 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 He is very tall. Yeah. yeah. If he was a midget who looked like a horse, that would be, you know, that would be <laughs> probably more problematic. There are Jessica Parker that look like a horse as well, actually. Who looks like a horse? She does look yeah. horsey. Yes, yeah. that's true. Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker. If they had a baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why did I come today? <laughs> <laughs> it would I'm actually. Sure, there was a handsome it... horse. Like, there are handsome oh, horses. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, you know what I mean? A handsome Spirit, horse would well. My lovely horse. Yeah. That Black horse would never have to work a day in its life again, to, you know. Yeah, these that's are handsome horses. That's a happy horse. I don't see why the horse face is a bad thing. My lovely horse. Yeah. 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 Where are you going with okay. your Totally on a tangent there. Um, Adele, now Adele wants to be in a movie or, or sing for a movie? She though? wants to be in one specific movie. So she won some award this week that isn't relevant unless you're rich or her, but like good for her. Um, so she did this interview with The Hollywood Reporter and she was asked if she had acting aspirations and she said she doesn't, but she said there is one movie that she wants to do. She said the guy whose movie it would be, he's not mentally ready to write the script for it. Um, wouldn't give any clues, uh, so like, I don't know, remains to be seen. Now, she has said she's been offered loads of bi- uh, biopics, but she doesn't want to do them because 
she'd be she just feels like it would be too hard because she is I'm paraphrasing here but like she's essentially so famous and so known for her voice and mm. her look and everything yeah. else that it would be too hard to kind of separate the identity so then that kind of got me wondering what biopic was she offered and I was thinking maybe Billy Streisand Hall. Billy Holiday yeah. <laughs> um, no maybe Barbara Streisand there was someone else I thought of um, yeah. yeah oh that's a better shout I think yeah. actually yeah. yeah yeah but she definitely couldn't emulate has she, that voice well, has she acted in anything no as far as I'm aware not as anything for herself Oh, okay. So, You'd probably need a bit of practice at that, I would imagine. You would imagine, yeah, but I feel like she's kind of getting by on being like a big personality and kind of funny on screen and a presence. Do you know what she'd be great in if they ever did a Muppet uh, Great Gatsby? You know the way like, they used to do like Muppet Christmas Carol, yeah, yeah. Muppet Treasure Island? If they did like a musical version of Great Gatsby because that's public domain and now. Who would she be? Daisy. I don't know. She could be Daisy, maybe. I don't Buchanan, know. Daisy yeah. Buchanan or something. But like, I could see her like having that comedic thing, but yeah. with Muppets. I, I've actually. I mean, she, she's done skits on things, and she's actually pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Didn't yeah. she do the whole yeah. thing of like she was with a bunch of Adele impersonators, and then yeah. she had like prosthetics put on her. Yeah. And like that was actually very funny because yeah. she was having to pretend to be Adele, but not be Adele, but be Adele. <laughs> And like the meta. audience, yeah. thing she did with the Alan when Alan Carr came out and started singing and all the rest of it. It's great. Yeah. Get her to do in a comedy. Don't like. Don't bother with the Bible. Well, text that fella and tell him to hurry up writing the script. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Because so. he's not ready apparently. And the Oscar goes to Adele. Uh, she hasn't even got a, jo- uh, um, uh, a job yet. Movies and booze on Moncrief with Marks and Spencer on News Talk. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on Newstalk 087-1400-106 is our WhatsApp number. We are coming to you today from the Stella Cinema in Ratmines with thanks to our friends in uh, Marks and Spencer. Uh, we have Brian and Linda and Leslie and Olivia and Fanula uh, on the stage. We're going to talk about our first movie of the day. It is Wonka. Here's a clip. Ooh. It's not just chocolate, is it? There's... Marshmallow. That's right. Harvested from the mallow marshes of Peru. And caramel. But, but it's salted. Mm-hmm. With the bittersweet tears of a Russian clown. Mm. Is it? Surely not. Cherry. Cherry picked by the pick of the cherry pickers from the Imperial Gardens in Japan. Mm. Well, Mr. Wonka, I've been in this business a very long time. And I can safely say that of all the chocolate I have ever tasted, this is without doubt the absolute 100% worst. Woo! There we have it, ladies and gentlemen, an endorsement for Mr. S- Wait, the worst? We three are the fiercest of rivals, and yet we agree on one thing. A good chocolate should be simple, plain, uncomplicated. Where is this with all its bells and whistles? Well, it's just weird. I'm going to hate what happens next. Mm-hmm. What's happening? That's the hoverfly. Broken out of its cocoon, it's flapping its wings like Billia. What the hell? You're off your rock, I won't go. Who in their right mind wants a chocolate that makes you fly? Well, let's find out, shall we? Oh. Who's for a hoverfly? Right, that's uh, uh, Willy Wonka there. And for the listening audience to explain what happened towards the end of that, they, uh, they, they, everyone started flying because they were uh, hover chocolates. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, um, which were real chocolate. I interviewed the woman the other day who made all the chocolates for this film. Mm. And she had to make hundreds of those. Yeah. And, and a, lot of, uh, a lot of the other chocolates were, 
very intricately crafted by hand. So, because uh, apparently in the previous ones, in, in the, the stuff they ate was made out of rubber and, and you know, margarine and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, was yeah, like it was the way they had to photograph it, like, yeah. like the sixties one with Gene Wilder. Yeah. yeah, and like apparently I remember reading as well. Seemingly the um, the Chocolate River that was in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory smelled mm. awful because they had to put like chemicals in it to get the brown color. So yeah, yeah, and they were told like the actor that was playing Augustus Gloop was told to like not try and like inhale or like swallow any of it, or else he'd have to go to hospital. Yeah, (laughs) perfect. Yeah, okay, just what you want to hear. Okay, so as a starting point, uh, probably Mm -hmm. this film was less dangerous. Yes, to the actors. (laughs) Hope. Uh, So, uh, which one? Who'd like to go first? Yeah, right. Okay, go. Um, So it's a prequel. Uh, As you saw there, Timothy Chalamet plays Willy Wonka. He arrives in the city with dreams of becoming a chocolatier. but, you know, by the end of the first day, he's met the chocolate cartel who you saw there. That's Patterson Joseph, who played Johnson in Peep Show. Uh, Matthew Bainton and then Matt Lucas. They play uh, Slugworth, Prodnose. And what was the third guy's name? Can you remember? I could only remember those two, and I hoped you wouldn't come to me for the yeah. other one. <laughs> Something anyway. But um, So they're basically the chocolate cartel, and they run the chocolate business in the city. Um, but then also as well, he runs afoul of a landlady played by Olivia Coleman. She's called Mrs. Scrubbit, and he's indentured to her. And he basically has to fight the landlords and then fight the big business to become Willy Wonka and take control of the chocolate factory. It's um, written and directed by Paul King, who people would know he did The Mighty Boosh, but he also did Paddington and Paddington 2. And our own Neil Hannon uh, wrote all the songs for it. Okay. Fine comedy, yeah. Yeah. So this, uh, uh, this uh, it sounds like a bit, well, apart from the Neil Hannon bit, it sounds like a very British production then. It does, but it also like, has that very Roald Dahl-esque feel to it as well, which I think is very important because a lot of people, when they see adaptations of his works, they're like, you're missing that certain je ne sais quoi about Dahl's work. And this, I think, really captured the essence of what he was trying to do really well considering it is a prequel and not really based on anything that he actually did like he didn't mm. do a prequel book as far as i remember no he did not. <laughs> yeah so it's it was actually I, th- I actually thought they did a very good job of still maintaining that very strong Roald Dahl line but still doing it their own way yeah why, why did they do a prequel rather than just remake i don't know it? i mean like i mean there was like uh, charlie in the glass elevator was the sequel i mean i remember reading that mm. when i was getting really enjoyed it. i thought they could have made it out of that i suppose it's the fact that like it's timothy chalamet and he's just like the hot young thing at the minute so you know getting him to play gene wilder or a young version of gene wilder you would think, well, no one could do it as well as him. But he actually does it very, very well. I mean, especially in comparison to what Johnny Depp was doing in that mm. one with Tim Burton. Like, it's Ooh. night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, he might be listening today. Of all oh, yeah, actually. Yeah, that's right. He might, yeah. 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 You were terrible in Secret Window. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. And Brian, I don't know about you, but like for me, I didn't. I was one of those people being like, we don't need a sequel or a prequel to Charlie's no. Chocolate Factory. But no. then when you go in and see it, you're kind of like, like, I was literally sitting there with my arms crossed being like, all right, let's, let's do this thing. And then it starts and you're kind of just like, oh, okay. Oh, this is lovely. And at the end of it, I was just like singing along to some of the songs that were being played. Like it, you do just sort of warm to it. So yeah. as much as it might not be a film that we necessarily needed, it's one that we certainly enjoyed. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Um, it's, I will say as well that like it does have like a little touch of sort of it's not that thing of like you know trying to make the adults have fun as well and like try to make kind of jokes that only they'd get I think mm. the, the humour is quite broad Hugh Grant 
steals every scene he's in <laughs> as Lofty the Oompa Loompa. Like his accent and the dance that he does and all the rest of it. Oh yeah, brilliant. there's a dance and there's a song. And he as well, I will say, he is so much good value, especially when he's doing press as well. He did a recent interview where he basically just talked about how much he hated playing an Oompa Loompa and that the CGI was just really constrictive and that he tries to be as miserable as possible on set, but Paul King wouldn't let him. <laughs> he's just not, he's just great value every time he gets in front of a camera. Yeah, so, but it works yeah. for the character because the character's supposed to be a little bit kind of like sulky and like yeah. not very happy. And he's just like, Wonka, you've ruined my life. And he's like, so it, it worked well. Did, yeah, absolutely. I know you can say he's fantastic. Olivia Coleman, brilliant in it as well. Kind of a mini peep show reunion with Patterson Joseph there. Um, who else is in it? Sally Hawkins is in it. Has an Irish accent. Apparently, Wonka's mother was Irish. Who knew? Who knew? Yes. Yeah. Who knew? Can claim. <laughs> yes. But uh, she's great. Her Irish accent is not terrible at all, which is, you know, not, not, uh, not what I was expecting. Yeah, it's really enjoyable. And I, yeah. again, like Olivia, I was going into this, shields up, fully prepared to hate it, thought it was completely unnecessary, and by the end of it, I was won over. And I know I'm looking at you now, and I can see your expression is warming ever so slightly. Because, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because like you, I was like, who, like, what is this? What yeah. is this? But by the end of it, one over. Were you singing along? I was not singing along. No one no. needs to hear me. So, okay. So Olivia was probably slightly more one over than you were? No, I mean, I just don't sing. I dance. <laughs> I don't sing. Yeah, yeah. just like that. So is there, was there anything wrong with it? Would you fault it in any way whatsoever? Is it the perfect film? I mean, for this time of year, mm-hmm. and for audiences, like, bringing young kids and all the rest of it, absolutely. I mean, it's, I mean Peter Bradshaw in The Guardian gave it five stars. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, famously stingy. Um, so, you know, I, if he's given it five stars. I, my review was four stars. I mean, I took the one star off, I think, because there was a certain element of it. I felt it kind of dragged the pacing of it. It was a little bit kind of, de- you know, it drags a certain amount, but Overall, very, very enjoyable. It makes, it makes me happy to hear that you were also struggling to justify why you didn't give it the five stars, because I also only gave it four stars and couldn't put my finger on what yeah. it was that held me back from doing it. I think it's just because there's also been a lot of really good films this year that I yeah. did. I, well, I gave, I think I only gave like three, five stars this year. And I was kind of like, they were just that little bit better. So even though I couldn't really say exactly what was wrong with it per se... I still only gave it the, the four stars. Oh, yeah. But like for me, I think it's, it, it'll also be a great um, double bill for like a weekend. So if you go see Wonka, and then of course you've got Charlie and Chocolate Factories on the board, gosh, as well, mm. and, which is also great, by the way. And I think it's just a lovely little festive sort of thing. And, you know, Roll Doll is always great around Christmas. Oh, well, maybe you, 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 both of you didn't give it five stars because it's not four hours long and it's about something <laughs> yeah, serious. Yeah, well, black and white. <laughs> and, you know, it was like, you know, yeah, 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 okay. In fact, as you know me, the shorter the better. I'm like, I loved it. It was 90 minutes. <laughs> uh, well, somebody's actually texted in asking, uh, do you think Timothy Chalamet should get an Oscar nomination? For this? Give me a break. No. He's in <laughs> no. like years left in his career. I have not seen it, but I could say fundamentally, no. I, I, no. Why not? <laughs> it's because he's Some like people a people are baby. crazy texting <laughs> yeah. things. Crazy. I think, like, I can see why some people have been praising him so much, but I think just looking at the competition that he'd be up oh, yeah, against no. this year, I, I wouldn't think he'd get a nomination. I'd be very surprised if he does. No, yeah. it's Killian Murphy has it in the back. Yeah, it, it, it's his to lose at this yeah. point, yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. For the Oscars, I mean, like he's going to win Best Actor. Yeah, I know, but he, but when you say his to lose, what would he do to lose it? Well, I probably like nothing really. I yeah. think like I know Christopher Nolan was saying that he didn't feel that Oppenheimer had as good of a chance at the Oscars because it came out so much earlier in the year than some of the other contenders, which mm-hmm. I think doesn't really matter these days because everything everywhere all at once came out like the end of March of last year and it still swept the board so Boyhood did as well Boyhood, Boyhood as well yeah released in the summer I think yeah. well. so I, I don't think that really matters anymore no. or maybe it did back in back in like maybe oh, maybe only five years ago pre-COVID yeah. shall we say but now I think it's like just whenever it's out it's out and you're there to enjoy it and if you've done a good performance you're worthy of, of doing it so Killian as well I think I agree like he is like the, the top dog for the award this year I think maybe Timothy might have or Timothy I'm not sure what way he actually pronounces it he uh, um, I think he has a good shot of getting a nomination for the Golden Globes because they split their categories. So you've oh, got yeah, for true, drama yeah. and for musical. So he will, he could get a nomination for best performing actor in a musical or comedy. But I think once it gets down to the SAG Awards or the Oscars, nah. Yeah, uh, Linda, have you seen Oppenheimer? I haven't. Still, yeah, yeah, because I, you have to be in a certain mood, I think, to kind of what it. kind of mood is that? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I try to be smiley and not want to see the end of the world movies yeah. and things like that. But um, my little six-year-old is reading Roald Dahl, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, so I think it's great to see Wonka and Happy Movies. I didn't know it was a dancing, singing musical, yeah. but I definitely will go and see it now. Yeah, okay. Have you, have you seen Oppenheimer? Of course. Leslie? And I saw Barbie here, and I dressed in pink. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, you you're as well, really. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what did you wear that was pink? Uh, I have a very nice pink shirt. Um, okay. A pink and yellow. Yeah. Duchamp. Don't yeah. you know, you know? Lovely. Of course, yes. yes, yes, yes. Uh, of course. But have you seen Oppenheimer? Uh, yes, of course. What yeah. did you wear to that? Uh, I, um, I, well, like actually, interesting, pink, isn't interesting it? my son dressed up for it, because he, he did physics in college, and so he was dressed up as Oppenheimer with suspenders and the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, and then he went to Barbie straight afterwards and was looking very odd at Barbie. Okay. Yeah. But um, yeah, he dressed as a 30s physicist um, in a black suit and uh, with narrow lapels and narrow and, uh, I love yeah. that. I love how people were dressing up to go to both Barbie or Oppenheimer, and if they were doing the double bill, they had like a quick change in the loo in the cinema <laughs> beforehand. So, and which did you prefer, Leslie? Uh, I know Oppenheimer would be more my thing. I mean, Barbie was great, but it, it, I felt it dragged, to be honest, it, mm. personally. But it was, look, I want to see it again. I mean, I'll, yeah. Well, yeah. Oppenheimer went on for a while as well. Yeah, but I was kind of interested in, you know, I, I was interested in Barbie. I mean, I loved. Barbie. I mean, I'm not going to mm. knock either, but uh, yeah. No, no. <laughs> I can feel you judging. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody says Killian played himself in Oppenheimer. What? He no, was, what? No. Like again. He was good, but Gosling should win Best Actor at the Oscars. Well, Ryan Gosling can't get nominated for Best Actor because he's not going to be uh, put forward for that category, so... Nah. Why not? <laughs> I wonder if he did, I don't think. Not, that's not a question of his performance, but like, generally speaking, the Oscars don't really reward performances like that in the big... Categories, no. not like comedy. It's it, I don't know. Like I don't think he would have. Anyway. I would yeah. like he like as Olivia said. Like I mean, Ryan Gosling. It's the best supporting actor category. It's between Robert Downey Jr. and yeah. Ryan Gosling. Mm. And like I said, Robert Downey Jr. was in Oppenheimer, and Ryan Gosling was in Barbie. I think though, Ryan Gosling could win it. I would not be surprised if he yeah. won. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. It was just if it's if he's, he's not going to be coming up against Killian Murphy. No, like the odds. I think the odds are like I think it's like five to one for Ryan Gosling, and I think eight Downey to ten is, or something like, yeah, like, like that. For... Ten or something like that. Yeah. God, I don't know that people listening to this show don't seem to agree. Oppenheimer was based on real life events. Way easier to make that movie. Barbie was an original idea. Someone else says Oppenheimer will put the Oscar viewing committee to sleep. Rambles all over the place with its pretentiousness. But isn't that Pre- the Oscars? Pretentiousness, pretent- 
portentousness or pretentiousness? Pretentiousness. Okay. Well, I suppose all the bits in between, but the show, you know, sparks going. And, yeah, the know. idea of like you know how that he created like the quantum physics or whatever, like yeah. that he was able to kind of. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot in there, so you kind of get it after yeah. the first few. I have my son explaining the formulas to me beside me, basically. So, oh yeah, that formula. We use that in you know like uh, yeah, yeah, the like, Fermi paradox. Usually, you understood all the formulas that were on the screen. Yeah, my husband's a physicist as well, and I was really looking forward to going to Oppenheimer with him because I wanted to see his reaction and be like, have they done everything like accurately? And the only thing he said was, they should have been wearing gloves in that scene. That was it. <laughs> that was his only complaint. Crikey. I'm, the, I'm one of the few people here without a physicist in the yeah. party. I'm stupid now. <laughs> so, it's, so for physicists, for the physicist audience, it's... When, when yes, went, spot on he there. went to see it two days later again, like to see it because he needed to see it again, you know. So, oh gosh! Yeah, yeah. Um, look at it. Wow. No, I mean, like, I will say, like, I do to take that person's uh, the comment uh, at, at value. Like, yes, Barbie was a completely original idea. It was plucked out of thin air. Um, I think what they did in terms of like articulating a lot of different things about the female experience or whatever in the modern age, absolutely, Barbie did do that. The last ten minutes of it incredible like mm-hmm. the bit when uh, the mother walks out or well, not yeah. the mother but the kind of the female yeah. god walks out incredible like that's just so revolutionary and brilliant and yes Oppenheimer is the more obvious one insofar as it's three hours long it's about a male figure it's based in history it's based in fact I can see why people would more be tend to gravitate towards Oppenheimer but I think they're both of uh, artistic merit and value, yep. and they're both great. So, but Barbie yeah. felt subversive. That's what I loved about it. I mean, it really yeah. did feel like, oh, yeah. this is good. I've not seen this before. That felt good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, Aidan says, it's just cool to say Oppenheimer was better. Barbie was really a better movie. So, no. <laughs> Stop being cool. Right. I think you're cool. I love you're, Barbie. I just, you're, you, know. you're, you're, you asked me to pick. Yeah, because you're cool. <laughs> Movies and Booze are Moncrief with Marks and Spencer on News Talk. Merry Christmas, everybody. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. I can hear the wine already. This is very. <laughs> it's three o'clock. <laughs> Have yourself a merry little Christmas. May your heart be light. Well, next year. Troubles will be out of sight. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Make the old tide gay. Well, next year, all troubles will be mine. Oh, 
Faithful friends you are dear to us Gather near to us once more Through the years we all stay together And if the fates allow Hang a shining star upon the highest bow And have yourself a little Christmas <laughs> now Oh, you have yourself For everybody A merry little Christmas now Gavin James, Gavin, thanks a million for coming down to the cellar today uh, and uh, performing those uh, two songs for us Enjoy Henry Street, that's where he's going next yeah, five sheets of the rotten paper, quick. Uh, you, you, you got it there. Gavin James, there you are, listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. 087-1400-106 is our uh, WhatsApp number. Uh, is, where's uh, Susan Honan? There, there she is. We have a spotting of Susan Honan. There she is, she's waving her hand there. Uh, Simon is making his, his way over to you. Hello, Susan, how are you? Hiya, Sean. How's it going? Uh, Grant. Who, uh, who, are you with here, uh, who are you with here today? I'm with my good buddy, Dave Daly. <laughs> right. And, and where did you come from today? Uh, we came up from Wexford. You came up from Wexford? Yeah. Andrada. Okay. You're Drada. Well, that's, there's Drada people down the front as well. Um, you can talk to them. You'll be able to understand each other. <laughs> so, uh, do you go swimming on, uh, on a Christmas day? I have been known to yeah, dip a toe in the water, yeah. Yeah, and, and where do you go to do that? Um, uh, it depends. It might be in Drada, Clorahead, uh, or it might be down in uh, Bag and Bun. Uh, I think it's going to be Bag and Bun this year. All right. <laughs> and uh, uh, who are you, you going to have for the Christmas? But say that again. Who are you going to have in the house for the Christmas? Oh, I'm going to have my two daughters, Eleanor and Maeve, and we're also having Maeve's uh, boyfriend, who I haven't met before, uh, Max... <laughs> Max from Germany, so he's very brave to come over. Okay, and <laughs> from uh, Berlin. Can you? What's his file? What can you tell us about him? I don't know. Oh, he's doing a degree in brewing. Um, it's, okay. So he's okay. Yeah. Uh, I <laughs> That's all I yeah, got. In That's Germany, degree in brewing, and is is your daughter studying in in Berlin as well? Uh, she's working in Berlin at the minute. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And have they been gone out for long? Uh, not sure. She plays it tight to her chest. It's hard to get anything out of them these days. <laughs> right. So you don't know how long this has been, but she's bringing them home. So a couple of months. Means, no, a few months. A, a good few months, I'd say. Has she ever brought one home before? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Several. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so this one could go the way of the others then, really. I'm sorry? This one could go the way of the others then, really. Well, well I, I, I don't know. You don't I, know? I'll know when I get a look at them. <laughs> oh, Right. <laughs> And would you, like, if you have any observations to make about Max from Berlin, can you share them with your daughter? Would you be open to that? Oh, she would, of course, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're well used to a bit of slagging in our family. Okay, right. And uh, so what will you make them for the Christmas Day? I understand she's a vegan. 
Um, no, she's not. No, oh. no, they've gone through phases over the years, but uh, there's usually something vegetarian on the table. But it'll be the turkey ham and all the trimmings. Basically, we're very traditional that way. Okay, well that's good. <laughs> and you know he and he, will he eat that as far as you He's know? just going to have to. <laughs> but say he doesn't. Um, well, we've got lots of whiskey. Okay. <laughs> He'll want. You'll have to have posh beer in the house if he's doing a brewing degree. Yeah, well, I've heard he's a good cook, so he might be able to whip up something for himself as well. So, uh, okay, fair enough. So yeah, I, I think he'll be all right. <laughs> you can let him have that. Well, that sounds like a, uh, that might be or might not be a stressful Christmas. It's going to be a great Christmas. Yeah, it's going to be great. That's the spirit. <laughs> what we're going to give you, Susan, uh, is we're going to give you uh, two tickets to see Gavin James. Oh, lovely, lovely. Uh, we're going to give you uh, some of today's wine, a box of M&S chocolates. And uh, we're also giving you a 250 euro Stella Cinema voucher. Wow, thank you so much. <laughs> so if you don't like the look of them, you can just spend Christmas someplace else. Exactly. Yeah. That's the main thing thank to do. So uh, right, Linda, let's uh, move on to our second wine of the day, Gavi de Gavi. Gavi de Gavi, yes. So um, a lot of people may know Gavi, but they may not know the grape that is in Gavi wine. So Gavi is... Um, actually a town and the grape is a grape called Cortese, right? Mm-hmm. And people just don't know that they can pronounce Gavi and they order it in restaurants and, it, you know, it's a quite, quite elegant, sophisticated style of wine. So it is made in, in this town, the grape is Cortese, and it is really, really... Um, th- there's different versions of it, so there's Gavi and then there's Gavi de Gavi. So Gavi de Gavi... <laughs> <laughs> Say that after having a glass or two, yeah. and um, means it's even better quality. So this is DOCG, um, meaning it's it's guaranteed quality from a designated area in Piedmont in northern Italy. Um, everyone should have some in their glass, yeah. And what are we thinking? I think this is absolutely gorgeous, and it would go really, yeah, really well with um, seafood, shellfish, anything like that that you might be having as a starter. Um, so it's M&S's collection range, so it's kind of a step up from their, um, you know, their number range, and it's 19 euro, which I think is a really good price for a Gavi because you can pay up to, well, I suppose between 19 and 30. For, for a good Gavi, but yeah. this is Gavi de Gavi. So you get lovely, fresh, it's quite aromatic on the nose. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and funny on the nose as well, <laughs> according to somebody in the audience. But there's no oak whatsoever with this. It's all about the, the vibrant fruit, and it's got gorgeous stone fruit, peach, and it's the lingering, how long it lasts on your mouth is a sh- sign of how good the quality is. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's, it's lasting a really long time, and it pairs lovely with the popcorn that you're all eating as well. Yeah. <laughs> they, and and <laughs> because it's like, is it like, it, there's an area, and part of the area is Gavi, and then there's Gavi to Gavi. Gavi to like Gavi. The, 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 the prime the, bit of it. Absolutely. The guaranteed, the quality, quality, the heart of the area. Yeah. It's the same like... Um, Oh my goodness, it is the same like Val Policella. Like yes, the heart, yeah. the town, and it's made up of grapes from the area as well. Yeah. So, yeah, like I think this is a cracking little wine. What do you think? Yeah. There you go. We never got a round of applause for a wine. For the before. wine. And it's, it's only 12.5% as well, which oh, is, really? yeah, that's great. But again, it's not a big blockbuster. So it's a lovely one to either gift to somebody or have kind of with your starter as yeah. well. Okay. Yeah, um, if you don't know what to get, like if what type of wine someone likes, that's actually a really good one to go it's for. It's not going to offend anybody whatsoever. Yeah. Do you know that way? It's not a big oaky one and it's not like New Zealand Sauvignon, you know, real zingy zesty. It's just a really classy wine. Mm. Really, really elegant, I think. Yeah. 
What you think, Leslie? Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. It's good. Um, yeah, the reason good. it's expensive, by the way, is um, the restaurants on the Italian Riviera and Portofino, they suck up all the Gavi because it's their nearest wine region. So because there's such demand for it there, they don't even really need to export a lot of it. So that's why one of the reasons, in my opinion, why it's so expensive. It, it is good, and it's great to have this one at affordable price, but you'll often pay 30 euros for it, and you'd be wondering sometimes. Really? That's my feeling on Gavi. Yeah. I mean, I do like it, and this is a really good example, and it's good value. Um, yeah. But uh, I do feel sometimes... It's one of those, because it's easy to pronounce, like flurry, Irish people love it. <laughs> I mean, it's always because it's easy to say. Well, it's yeah. easy to say, but also, and look, it is, though, very clean, and there's texture, as, as Lynn yeah. said, and it does linger and so on, and, and uh, you know. And, and people get very caught up in the Gavi de Gavi. I mean, there's lots of lovely Gavi from just outside the village, you know? I mean, you don't yeah. have to, you know. It's like this good Beaujolais village that's not flurry, you know, etc. Like, relax, you know, you don't have to eat, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. He doesn't like the wine you all like. <laughs> no, I do. That's what he's saying. <laughs> he's sneering at you all. Uh, a lot of people still have strong views on uh, Oppenheimer and Barbie. After watching Actor on Actor, uh, Barbie deserves the Oscar, the effort that went into making yeah. that. Uh, Eamon Kilkenny says, well, Barbie was very entertaining. It was too long and became too preachy at the end. Someone else says, am I the only one who was let down by both Barbie? Uh, and Oppenheimer. Now, and one of the stories you were going to uh, uh, tell us, Fanula, is that the producers of Oppenheimer, they were scared of Barbie. They, were, they yeah. had the Barbie fear. Yeah, so obviously they both came out on the same day, Barbie and Oppenheimer, um, and I think that scared the producers, of one producer in particular, Charles Roven, who has worked with Margot Robbie on a few other things. I think they worked together on The Suicide Squad. So in this actual actors interview that you mentioned, which is very good, definitely go watch it. It's an incredible conversation between Killian Murphy admitting that he knows what a meme is now, and it's it's just incredible. And they're both dressed on brand. For yeah, movies. he's in, he's looking like emo goth boyfriend, and she's pink, like she's there as Barbie. It's brilliant. Anyway, she tells this story of the fact uh, that Roven rang her essentially to be like, uh, I think you should move the data, Barbie, and she was like. No, because she's a producer on Barbie as well. She's like, no, uh, if you're worried, like you can move Oppenheimer if you want. And he was like, no, I, like I just, I really, I really think you should maybe think about it. But she, she stood firm, and thank God she did, because they got Barbenheimer out of it. Like all the events of people, it became a marketing thing mm. in itself, and it's becoming a movie itself. Barbenheimer, like the, it's some. You know those weird spoof movies that come along like once ever, however many years. You know they did it when like there was a big influx of vampire movies and stuff. They're basically doing a movie that it's about. I don't know. They're they're mashing the two movies together, and it's probably going to be absolutely terrible. But I will be buying tickets to see it. And I oh my god! Wait. So yeah. they're not like editing bits together of the two existing movies. They're making a whole new. Yeah, one. no, it's yeah. like an original story of Barbie inventing the atomic bomb or something. Or it's not Barbie. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> they don't have access to the IP, but some kind of doll, whatever. Cindy. And yeah, some yeah, Cindy. Doll who may or may not be Barbie. Yeah, yeah. some yeah. variation. That it's going to be. It's going to cost about two euros to make, and it's going to look it, and it's going to be awful. And I can't wait. I can't wait to hear a review of that. That's yeah. awesome. Fantastic. Movies and booze are Moncrief with Marks and Spencer on News Talk. Oh eight seven uh, fourteen hundred one zero six is our WhatsApp number. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk, coming to you today from the Stella Cinema in Rutmines. With thanks to our friends in Marks and Spencers. Right, we'll move on to uh, our, our next movie. It is Genie. Here's a clip. Okay, all right. Let's just 
You make wishes, and then I make them come true. That's how this whole thing works. Okay, so you're saying you're an actual genie. Correct. We're like ghosts, or, or, or dragons, or unicorns. You know, it's like you, you think we don't exist, and then you bump into one, and you're like, oh, hey, oh, look at that. The genie, 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 genie's everywhere. Okay, well, you better get your next alibi ready pretty quick. Okay, how about this? Um, I, I wish Bring it. that my phone wasn't dead. And, and, oh, I know, how about a camel? I wish I had my very own camel. Uh, that seems reasonable, right? Sure thing, boss. It's whatever floats your boat. Okay. Uh, I mean, that's a coincidence. Is that a coincidence? Oh. Ah. <laughs> okay, I, I, I take back the camel wish. I take it back. Everybody always takes the camel wish back. Oh my God. <laughs> that is interesting, though. There you go. That was, uh, and the camel appeared, obviously, in the, in the end of that uh, uh, clip. Right. Uh, somebody texted in to say, I have to switch off Genie after an hour. It's so bad. Oh, you clearly just don't have enough Christmas cheer in your life. <laughs> I, I think that it is one of those things of if you like the kind of kitschy, festive films, then this is going to be one for you. But if you're really kind of like, no, no, like this is, this is not my bag. Like I'm not big into the love actuallys. I'm not big into the holiday. I'm not big into any of these things. Then this, this probably isn't the movie for you. But I personally was pleasantly surprised by it because I've often found Melissa McCarthy in recent films has just kind of been going a little bit OTT with her kookiness. But mm-hmm. for some reason, they, maybe they did let her go wild and then just edited it from when they were like okay this is the moment where she loses the plot so we'll just cut it here but she actually is really reined in in some of her weird oddities that she tends to do so I personally thought that this was a much better performance from her I thought it was a really nice kind of like little story and it's just a bit of Christmas fun and what is wrong with that yeah what is the story so essentially Bernard who is played by um, Papa Isidu and I may have butchered his surname so apologies just if he's listened Um, so you may recognise him from things like the Lazarus Project or even Gangs of London and he is a workaholic who his wife is just fed up with him he's missed his daughter's birthday and essentially she has now gone to live with her mother with the daughter and he just randomly discovers that he's had like a a genie living in a jewellery box in his house all this time and instead of it being the traditional three wishes he actually has infinite wishes and well that's when all the hijinks happen right and okay. camels <laughs> and, and, and why does she give well, how come he gets to get a genie is that just coincidence or? it's pure coincidence so it, there's actually maybe a little bit of spoiler alert but there's a moment where he's clearly forgotten to buy his daughter her birthday present and she was looking for like a dollhouse but he just goes out into the hallway sees this jewellery box on the cabinet next to the front door and just puts that into a plastic bag and gives it to her and he's just like oh yeah look it's really nice and she goes it won't open so then when he's like upset and the family have left he tries to open it because he's like why won't this open and then that's where the genie appears okay all right and is it kind of is there hugging and learning at the end of it? I know. I mean, you're you're giving it a lot of latitude because it's Christmas and we should be nice to these films. Yeah. In, in fairness, I will say, like, if this was set at Easter, it definitely wouldn't have the same impact. But because you know, at Christmas time, we do tend to have that little bit of an attachment to. We just want something a little bit nice that makes us feel all warm and fuzzy inside. And this is actually a, a nice example of that. Like, again, it it's, it definitely doesn't hit the heights of Love Actually, but it certainly isn't 
what I would call a bad Christmas movie. Does it have as many offensive stereotypes as Love Actually? I didn't notice any really, unless people well, are offended by some of the, unless people notice anything about the uh, the representation of a genie <laughs> being Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really see anything with I've it. Been yeah. <laughs> uh, have you seen it, Brian? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that, not going to. He's yeah, on yes. the list. I wish it was television. The, uh, this is where Brian and I differ. It's like I tend to love the really like kitschy, tacky Christmas movies, and, and he's Brian, just like, like no. Misery. Yeah. <laughs> I listen. I love tack. Okay. I love kitschy stuff. I hate Richard Curtis stuff. So uh, like that's more. That, that, that's where we're. Oh, that's where we're going. Yeah. Right. No, I, I got beef with Richard Curtis. Yeah. yeah. Anybody see Yesterday? Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. God. Yeah. yeah yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, did you see it no I don't think I did no. that's brilliant did, where everyone's oh, forgotten the Beatles existed oh. oh yes and the guy he has oh yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah it, it was yeah, yeah. It, it was saved by him he was a good I, I liked him in it but, yeah, yeah that yeah. was but, the best thing about it though yeah. but yeah, yeah. No, the, the cringiest moment is the hey dude moment I oh, don't God, whatever I don't care <laughs> um, yeah no I just I, yeah. I can't stand Richard Curtis I think he's just been skating on his you know four weddings and a funeral for so long now for so long okay Love actually isn't even that good wow Yes. yes. And then suddenly okay. Brian left Keep the going, building yeah. in coming. a serious oh, fashion. Oh, oh, my God. Now we'll have riots in the south side as well. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Love Actually is still terrible. I don't care. Keep saying it. Um, honestly, please just do this. Google Love Actually and Jezebel, that wonderful feminist yes. website, no longer gone, and she just takes it down, down, down. It's just it's the best takedown ever. Um, See, it's yeah. just, there's weird things in it. Like, I mean, you know, like the maid who speaks Portuguese, she, that, what, what is her function in this thing? She just sort of stands there as pretty, and she's perfect because she can't speak. She can't answer back. Yeah. With yeah. the American women who decide they want to sleep with the ugly guy with the big teeth, like, why would they want to do this? Why would they want to do this? Yeah. The, the fat jokes. I mean, it's just awful. Oh, He's right. I would He's say absolutely there, right. There, there is probably an element of the... Okay. Yeah, boo. Call security. <laughs> uh, quick. There's probably like I'm going to cut that one. Outside. I'm going to cut this uh, conversation uh, uh, down now. Um, is there Deirdre Keating here? <laughs> there she is. Wow, there she is. <laughs> She's, hello, Deirdre. Hello. How are you? I'm okay. It's good. It sounds like you're having a good time. <laughs> I certainly am. Yeah, who are you with? Who did all the cheering there? I'm with my sister and a group of friends all here around okay. me. Okay. Oh, there's loads of you. How are you? Oh, sorry, I nearly knocked over the wine there. And wh- where have you come from today? Uh, Ballymun. Okay. And, you're, uh, and Christmas for you now, there's uh, like... It's, it, are there many people there and there's people going and coming back yeah, and all that it, kind of stuff? Yeah, it depends. Um, well, it's been kind of calmer, I suppose, over the last couple of years. But yeah, I'm a foster carer, so that was some of the questions would be. In, you wouldn't know who'd arrive when they'd come or whatever. So, um, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> but I have, um, I have a, a new grandson who's seven weeks old. So shout out to Finn because I know Bonnie's listening. <laughs> So, um, so be, there's Finn will be uh, the highlight, but yes, there could be anybody coming or going. Okay, all right. So will you have some, uh, some of your foster children there as well for Christmas? Um, I do, yeah. So I'll, have, um, so I'll have a few children. They'll come and they'll probably go home then on Christmas Eve. Mm. But they'll spend Christmas Day with their mum, all right, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, so yeah, it's, it's great though, because we've had Santa in the house now for over 30 years. So it's really brilliant. Gosh, really yes. Yeah. You must have your own landing spot now at this stage. 
That's a busy Christmas. You yeah, might but want it's, to, you it's might great want a bit of fur. Ah, yeah. Great. I'm it sure is. it is. Yeah. We're going to give you uh, a box of M&S chocolates. Thank you. Some of today's wine from Marks and Spencer's. Thank you. And uh, two nights at the Killarney Plaza Hotel Woo! with dinner on one Deirdre, <laughs> none of that lot are coming. They'd, they'd be barred already. Oh, look at them. I'd like to apologise already to the Killarney Plaza Hotel for Thank the you. damage that Thank might you. be done. So, there's a lovely... Um, well done, Deirdre. There's a lovely Malbec in front of us. Tell us about it, uh, Leslie. OK, so this is uh, the Tradition Mendoza Malbec um, by Susanna Balbo and Susanna Balbo is arguably Argentina's most famous winemaker, a woman winemaker certainly, and one of their most famous winemakers in the whole country. Um, her wines are um, always deeply flavoured, loads of flavour, um, lots of character. Um, this is from the Uco Valley, a particular part of the Uco Valley, a little bit further altitude. What makes this so interesting, I think, for me anyway, and why, we, why I think we love Malbec is you get these huge temperatures in day and night, so the sunshine is baking the grapes in the daytime and basically ripening them and thickening the skins and giving loads and loads of sugar. And then at night time, the temperatures drop right down because you're up a mountain, and that just gives the grapes a chance to relax, to retain their acidity, and to retain their freshness. So you've got all these lovely chocolatey, rich, licorice flavours when you taste it, but there's also then freshness in the finish. Mm. So, and actually, I like this temperature that's served at. It's a little cooler than, than perhaps people yeah, would do. Yeah. Please don't put your wine on the radiator. <laughs> Serve it a little cooler. You'll get more of the freshness. You'll get, it'll just work better with food and with uh, and riches. What do you think, uh, Linda? I, I love this, you know. She's yeah. necking it back first. The last time I had a... <laughs> Um, I think it's really juicy on yeah. the nose, isn't it? And people are kind of go, oh, yeah, I really like the vibrant fruit going on here. But it's lovely and smooth tannin, so it's not too dry or anything like that. So I could happily drink that on its own. Yeah. Not sure it goes with Percy Pigs. I think the white would be better with the Percy Pigs. With the which? The Percy oh, the Pigs. Percy yeah. pigs. <laughs> That's okay. all there is chocolates there, though. I yeah. suspect this will work with some of the chocolates. In the oh, yeah, it would, yeah. 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 yeah, look, they're all rustle, rustle, rustle. And actually, that. I think probably yeah. could work at Christmas. You know, yeah. if you want something with a bit of richness to it, that can cope with all the flavours at Christmas, you know. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, traditionally we say Bordeaux doesn't work so well that you should go with um, you know, like Rhone or Pinot Noir batches chicken turkey quite well. But you know, often we will say a sweeter wine. But I actually think the richness of a Malbec like this will will work with turkey and ham and well, nothing works with Brussels sprouts. Sorry. You know? Yeah. Oh, nothing. No. <laughs> no. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, them. How can you slate yesterday like that? I'm not into those films at all, but I thought it was great. Yeah. Maybe it was carried by the music and the two leads, but I'd be happy to re-watch it. Uh, easier to convince the wife to watch yesterday again instead of Lord of the Rings extended editions, which are a real festive treat. Yeah. Just added that bit to annoy Sean. Uh, <laughs> doesn't annoy me at all. Uh, love actually sucks, says somebody uh, else. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Do not compare Genie to Love Actually. I saw it on now, and it looks like a cheap Hallmark movie. It's so cheap. They said a second time. Now they're talking I, I about. I it's coming Genie. in over the text messages. A lot, of hate, a lot of hate for Genie. Yeah. Did it look cheap? Cheap? No, I thought it looked like it actually probably looked better than most Hallmark movies. Like it, I, I thought it looked lovely, and I, hilariously, for some reason, I actually thought that when I started watching it, that because of Papa being in it, that it was going to be set in England. So when I saw all the New York skyline, I went. Oh, it's American. <laughs> so, yeah. like, it, has, it does have that kind of, like, nice festive quality. And because it's set in New York, you've got, like, the Rockefeller Center and all the 
Christmas trees. It's stop making faces at me, Brian. <laughs> it's well, lovely. It wasn't, actually, it wasn't, no. Yeah, but that's the set is nice rather than the story. But it does lend to it because like yeah. once I think once you get the setting right, and I don't know if anybody else gets this as well, but I find that like once you're sort of like engaged in what's kind of going on on the screen even before you've even met your characters you're kind of like I'm invested to see like what this is all about so once you sort of get the visual then you meet the characters and then you get more it's like all like the layers to it mm. so for me if you get me from like the opening couple of shots then you'll, you'll have me for the majority of the film you might lose me halfway through but <laughs> you'll have me at least at the start okay fair enough Movies and Booze on Moncrief with Marks and Spencer on News Talk. Uh, to take the mood right down, let's talk about the third movie of the day. It's called Leave the World Behind. Here's the clip. Phone's still not working. Looks like the TV's out. Where's Clay? He went to the store to get a newspaper or try to find someone to talk to to see if they know what's going on. Smart. I thought I'd go over to our neighbor's house, the Huxleys. They only live a few miles down the road. And you think they'll be home? Unlikely. You often see no one here around this time, but I'll drive over anyway and check. Before you go, you might want to hear about the alerts. Alerts? Oh, I had news alerts on my phone this morning. Two of them were about the blackout, but then there was one that said something about maybe hackers were behind it. Hmm. What? Do you think there's going to be a meltdown too? Is that what Ruth told you? Among other horrifying things, yes. Well, obviously Ruth is being a little paranoid. Aren't you the one who always said, if you're not paranoid by now, it's probably too late? I'm sure this will turn out to be a big nothing. Oh, no, it won't. Mm. Yeah. Right. Way, way to just absolutely just bring it on a downer. Yeah. <laughs> that guy wins 150 grand. You yeah. The foster's parent over there. Come on, like. Fantastic. <laughs> just, now I'm just going just to bring it all the down. Ground. Yeah. So, yeah, so as you saw there, um, Julia Roberts, Mahershala Ali, uh, Ethan Hawke, and Mahala basically uh, have to live together at the end of the world. Um, this was based on a book by a guy called Roman Alem. And it was like big bestseller and all the rest of it. So there's been a lot of talk about it being adapted into a film. Um, it's written and directed by Sam Esmail, who, as I said, he created Mr. Robot. And if you saw Mr. Robot, it's one of these... It was a brilliant TV show because it was really sort of evoked kind of like 70s paranoid thrillers like The Parallax View or The Conversation or, you know, Marathon Man. Like these great, great films from the 70s where... There was just complete distrust in the government and any kind of belief in institutions, you know, yeah. like the institutional rot. And that's kind of what's going on here, but it's more sort of the idea of the breakdown of the family, the breakdown of trust in other people, you know. And then if you're forcing everyone into one house, how are they going to survive? How are they going to actually try to, I guess, cope with everything, cope with misinformation, disinformation, the idea of how kind of inured we all are to tragedy and all the rest of it. And then on top of that as well, the idea of, you know, if our Wi-Fi doesn't work, what happens? Do we literally just start killing each other kind of thing? And that's really, no, yeah, that's really yeah. what it's about. It's like it's when, an option, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, like, I mean, there's a whole thing of, like, Ethan Hawke's character doesn't have, um, it doesn't have, like, Google Maps anymore, and he doesn't know where he's going, and he gets lost. 
and then can't <laughs> find his way back to the house and stuff like that. And then there's another scene in it where the self-driving cars, uh, Teslas, are all just like crashing into each other because there's been some sort of like malfunction, we don't know. And throughout the entire film, you're left guessing what exactly it is. Like initially you think it's possibly some sort of cyber attack or something like that. Then you think, oh, maybe it's like, you know, solar radiation. Then even at times you think maybe it's supernatural because they keep hearing these noises going off and you think maybe it's like the horns of whatever, Gabriel's horn or whatever it's called, mm. the apocalypse thing. And then when you actually find out what happens at the very, very end, it's just sort of like, oh, oh, it's just, it's, it's that. Like, it's still terrible, but you're kind of like, oh, it's just that. Um, it's a very frustrating film because if it was, no, in the sense of it was, if they leaned into the comedy a little bit more, it probably could have been this really dark comedy. But it is tonally all over the place. Um, I will say Julia Roberts is fantastic in it. Gives a great performance in it. Um, Marshall Ali, always great value. Same with Ethan Hawke as well. I think the casting of it is very, very good. The music of it is very, very good. It's very atmospheric. But it takes way too long to get going. It moves at a very glacial pace. And then, like I say, when you finally come to the end, you're like, oh, so it's that. Uh. Because, yeah, everything you've described is sort of inconvenient rather than apocalyptic. Yeah, that's it. And it's, I suppose it's that thing of, like, you know, the, the fall of society happens by a thousand cuts, you know, mm. that sort of way. And the idea of, like, how quickly we are away from dysfunction. Like, there's that thing of, you know, we're three, like, we're like nine meals away from complete disorder or something like that. You know, the idea if that we missed like nine meals, we'll all end up killing each other. It's that sort of theory, you know? Cheery stuff, really, for Christmas. Yeah. Like, just absolutely cheery stuff for and, this. I, well, I mean, but is this like their kind of big blockbuster for the Christmas? No, 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 no. Like, I mean, they had like The Killer a couple of weeks ago with yeah. Michael Fassbender, which was fantastic. I don't think enough people have watched that. It's brilliant. Yeah. Weird. But I uh, loved it. Um, no, I wouldn't say this is their big blockbuster, no, because, I mean, the fact of it is, like, Netflix just literally has an entire library of stuff as well. So, like, and, you know, people can go into it. And I think as well, like, I mean, TV, like, terrestrial TV is the big thing. Like, you know, when it's Christmas, you're all at home, everyone's, mm. like, huddled around. You're watching, you know, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory for the millionth time or something like that, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that's, so, a, that's Not one to watch with the kids, to sit down. No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not in terms McCarthy of... Ex- at the end of the world. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it's not sexually explicit or anything like yeah. that, but it's just, yeah, it's probably... It's a just bit of, miserable, but... Yeah, it's yeah. a bit of a downer buzz. Yeah, it's a bit of a downer buzz. Yeah, yeah. it is, in fairness. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Right, in the last few minutes that we, uh, we have left, I assume because we, uh, we asked Olivia, uh, 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 we asked the pair of them actually to give their top three films of the year, I yes. assume you both have said uh, uh, Barbie and Oppenheimer yes. in, the, in those yeah, top yeah. three. So what's, it, what's, your, what's your other top film of the year? Okay, bro? so uh, the, the Oppenheimer, or sorry, no, Barbie was three, Oppenheimer was two, and the number one film of the year for me is Past Lives. Um, it is incredible. Really? Has anyone so seen it? Has yeah. anyone seen it? It's absolutely amazing. This film blew me away. I am going to be thinking about this film for years to come. It's about um, this couple in New York. Uh, one of them is South Korean. She emigrated when she was a child and oh, had yeah. a childhood sweetheart. The two of them kind of reconnect over the years, fall apart, reconnect. And it's just really about the idea of you know, when you reach your kind of your late 30s, your life is kind of sort of settling into a certain pattern. You kind of, what? You're laughing, what? I thought you end or something. No! But like, it's that thing of like, you're in your mid-30s where it's like, you can start over, but you are going to be detonating a large part of your life. And what does that actually entail? It's absolutely brilliant. I loved it. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. This is a five-star review. 
please, please go see it. It is so, so good. And it's, and it's, 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 it's a great date movie as well. It's not one of those things where you're going to be looking at the person sitting next to you by the end of it. It's oh, brilliant. I, I loved it. No, yeah. But then what if you're like bawling crying at the end of it, which you probably could be on a first date? I don't snotty, know. snotty, yeah. yeah. I don't nice know one. about that, wow. but you should still see yeah. it. Still I want to wear the face off that now. Right, your top three now, Olivia. Okay, well, mine is a little bit more controversial than that. I haven't seen Past Lives yet, but um, purely because I feel like this movie was kind of made for fans like me. It's Disney's Wish. I thought that it was just so adorable. Shush. <laughs> and for me personally, because I am, I'm a massive Dis nerd, and I loved sitting there basically being like, can I spot all of the Easter eggs that they've put into the film? There's a load of them that I spotted that I know a lot of people haven't, so I, I was a little bit smug about it as well. But I do think that it just had great music. I thought that the storyline was very sweet. It really honoured... It did what they were trying to do. It honoured the legacy of Disney while also kind of looking to the future as well. And, you know, I, again, it was just lovely. I liked yeah. it. Yay. Okay, Yay. that is controversial. Uh, I, I think we've reviewed it. Yeah, I didn't get the same reaction yeah. that Brian did, so yeah. I was like, yeah, Absolutely I'm definitely not. in the minority yeah. here. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, to uh, go back to a bit of good news, uh, we were, we've also to give away a 250 euro voucher for the Stella to one of our listeners. That person is Kira Breen who lives in Dublin 4. Uh, she knew that uh, everyone from the country comes up to Dublin today, which is why she's probably sheltering in her big house right now, <laughs> scared of all the culties. Uh, uh, a lot of people put an awful lot of work into making uh, today's uh, show happen. Uh, they are Amy O'Shaughnessy, Sarah Joyce, uh, Cahal Byron, all of the Stella Cinema. Our sound engineers today, Byron Callahan, David Slevin, Shay Hannan, uh, my aunt Michael Gulligan back at base. Serving the wine stew today were Rachel Hogan, Josh Maher, uh, Jack Lawler. And uh, our production team on the Moncrief Show are Simon Tierney, Sean Reedy and Ashling Moore. And last but not least, because they provided everything you consume today, our fantastic sponsors, Marks and Spencers. They deserve a round of applause as well. They really do. Uh, thanks to all our panel uh, as ever always lovely to spend uh, some time in your company that's our lot uh, from uh, the Sugar Club today uh, Kieran's up next on Newstalk uh, we're going to leave you with the Dublin Ukulele Collective have a lovely weekend Movies and Booze on Moncrief with Marks and Spencer on Newstalk